Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Making Sense of MarTech and a regular set of conversations with some of the most interesting people in marketing, tech, and advertising. I'm Juan Mendoza. I write the MarTech Weekly Newsletter, a weekly email that covers the most important shifts in marketing technology. People who work in the world's largest media, tech, and marketing companies read it. Okay. Today, I'm joined by Juliana Jackson and Valentin Radu. Valentin is the founder and CEO of OmniConvert, and Juliana is the chief evangelist. OmniConvert is a global optimization and personalization platform. It's used by e-commerce businesses around the world, including brands like Samsung, Avon, and WWF. OmniConvert have been working to redefine the category of optimization with a focus on what they call CVO, customer value optimization, which looks at optimizing the entire customer journey and not just your website. So we talk about why OmniConvert has a focus on CVO, uh, how they see the optimization industry changing and what's on the horizon. So now I give you Juliana and Valentin. Good to be here, Juan. Thank you for having us. Hello, everyone, and thanks, Juan, for, uh, for the invitation. I'm glad to be here, and hopefully we're going to give a few shortcuts on what we've learned uh, in the last, I don't know, I think it, there are 15 years since I'm, myself, I'm obsessed about customer lifetime value. So let's start with those 15 years, Valentin. Uh, I would love for you to unpack what the story is behind OmniConvert, a little about the company, how it was started, you mentioned just now that you're really passionate about this space on optimizing customer value. Uh, what does that look like over the years? Yeah, so I think uh, what is important to mention is that 15 years ago, I was an e-commerce entrepreneur. I was uh, uh, the co-founder of the what turned out to be the largest online car insurance player uh, here in Bucharest in, uh, in Romania. And uh, we managed to, to increase the the customer lifetime value due to the fact that we, we couldn't afford anymore to pay Google ads. The competition was fierce and we, we, we looked at the multipliers that we could tweak so that we can become profitable and customer lifetime value over customer acquisition cost was by far the most important ratio. There was no use to acquire customers which were not coming back. And uh, thanks to this uh, insight and thanks to, uh, let's say, funding the growth of Google here in uh, Romania, we, we managed to improve the customer lifetime value and the customer retention. After that moment, we, we managed to reach uh, 250,000 customers and I made the exit from that company because it uh, became boring for me. I have these cycles in my life and I, uh, I, I need diversity. So at some point it was, uh, there was no point to, to stay in, uh, in Romania. I was attracted to, uh, uh, about the, the global market. I've identified uh, at that moment the importance of being data-driven and using uh, uh, personalization to improve the conversion rate and uh, also the customer retention. And I've uh, built uh, OmniConvert back in 2013. Since that moment, we, we evolved. We, we, we took the, 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 long, uh, the long run, like looking at uh, uh, things like uh, the product, I've been in this trap of building the best product, uh, not being aware about how to grow uh, the, the awareness about the problem that we're solving. And I've been in this trap for, uh, I think from 2013 to 2016, I've been in, in this trap uh, uh, because the 
the whole market was hypnotized, and I think it uh, still is, about uh, spending money on advertising. And there is this, uh, let's say, uh, obsession, and which is due to the, the the great game that Facebook ads and Google ads and all the 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 the, the media companies are uh, are playing. So the whole marketing team, most of the marketing team that I'm meeting. They, they are heavily reliant on uh, spending money rather than on making money and on being profitable. And, and that's, that's why we, we took this mission of, uh, let's say, starting to educate the market and shifting the, the, the focus for mid-sized enterprise companies, which are, are our sweet spot, to uh, focusing on customer lifetime value, which uh, we think is going to be a great uh, a great industry, an industry of itself, because at, the, at this moment there are certain uh, things that uh, companies are doing here and there. There are uh, companies which are looking over the email marketing, over the social game, over the uh, paid mar- uh, paid media as well. But at some point, uh, the companies will uh, give up on being so schizoid about it and they will uh, unify these silos. So we are strong believers that this is going to happen in the, in, in the future. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story. And uh, what really resonated with me just then was this idea that uh, you don't need to spend a lot of money on ads. And there's been this whole industry that's cropped up around that problem where a lot of brands have, um, you know, really marketing advertising driven uh, brands that are, that are thinking, oh, the more money we put into the advertising machine, the more revenue we're going to get on the other side. But really, um, it is about optimizing the lifespan of the entire customer, not just the acquisition funnel, for example. And that's why OmniConvert are quite, uh, quite interesting because uh, it, you guys do work in optimization and personalization. So A-B testing on, the, on websites, but also looking at collecting data across the entire customer journey and then using that to power things like personalization and finding opportunities to, um, to create value for customers, but also to meet um, the goals of the companies that are running OmniConvert as well. So uh, Juliana, I'd love to throw to you this question about how do you think the industry has changed? Now, you know, optimization, as I just mentioned, it's kind of, it's an industry that came out of this problem of advertising, but how do you think the optimization industry itself has changed over the past few years, and particularly over the pandemic, over last year in 2020, um, how do you think the focus has changed uh, when it comes to customer retention and personalization? What are you seeing in the market? So I guess, uh, I love this question, by the way. I guess uh, for the last 20 years, we have been um, diseased with the VC approach towards uh, potential growth versus profitability. So I think the whole uh, optimization, uh, I guess, culture has been focused on uh, revenue, ge- generating revenue and uh, justifying marketing wins versus business wins, profitability, right? So uh, in, a, in the sense, you know, back in 2013, when uh, conversion rate optimization came out, it was uh, new, it was shiny. And uh, it was very much focused on optimizing the website experience and, uh, you know, conversions. And uh, I guess for uh, the last, uh, Valentin, I don't know, I think for the last 20 years, we have been looking at growth as traffic uh, and uh, multiplied by conversion rate, multiplied by AOV. But pandemic hit, right? And no one was ready. And I always remember that uh, Tom Fishburne, uh, you know, wrecking ball that hit the company, uh, you know, by... uh, 
you know, by surprise and, uh, you know, had uh, had become like the digital transformer of, uh, of industries. I don't think people were ready for this. Uh, I think it was a need in the market to change perspectives. But yeah, pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, in times like this, uh, the consumer has changed a lot and the buying behavior has changed a lot and the buyer psychology has changed. So right now, I, uh, as you know, as we were discussing uh, previously, I think we are experimenting a very big, big switch in consumer behavior. And I think... Uh, website optimization only and conversion rate optimization only it's not enough to sustain a business i mean of course it's needed of course it matters but at the same time if you optimize only for funnel and you don't look you know uh, past the surface of the of the conversion then you are leaving you know serious money on the table so i guess where we come in this industry is just like uh, you know that uh, agent provocateur that we're saying like you need to look at the whole journey so I guess in a way, customer, uh, you know, conversion rate optimization is uh, switching to customer journey optimization and ultimately to customer value optimization. And while it seems like a lot of buzzwords, it mostly says, you know, go, going back to basics and understanding your customers and understanding why they're buying from you and, you know, how to, uh, how to retain them longer because it's great to get revenue, but it's better to be uh, to be profitable. And I think right now the market is just, uh, uh, it's moving. I mean, there's a clear switch in this direction. It's a, still a slow burn because we're still affected by uh, this uh, quickie culture, as I like to call it, <laughs> you know, when you just want a sale, uh, you, you want the sales, you don't care too much about what happens, uh, you know, post-purchase. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we uh, we are sitting right now at the post-purchase level, and we're trying to uh, educate the market instead of uh, just trying to plug. Uh, I guess you know our uh, mentality. We're just trying to educate and start conversations and planting seeds in the market. And uh, I guess you know the the best way to do so is to really um, you know get people in touch with the buyer psychology and understanding uh, demand better. Uh, I, I also have to add something here, Juan, if, uh, if it's possible. The, uh, about this shift, I think the, the, the large companies are realizing that uh, now the online channels uh, are not uh, neglectable anymore. So most of them are, uh, are, are getting into this uh, bandwagon of uh, digital transformation. But what is funny is that you, you don't need digital transformation. First, you need a mentality shift. And that mentality should include the fact and respect the fact that the customers now are more powerful than ever. And they have a lot of options. They can choose you over another, like they just do an alt tab and that's it. You're not on their website, you are on another website. And now they have known customers. They've been, it was this flood of demand here on the retail retailers' websites. And uh, after this flood of demand, they, they needed to, to, to sort out the logistic and the fulfillment and the warehouse and whatever. But after this year, I think onwards, the retailers will become aware of, about the fact that they, there are only three things that they should be doing in order to keep their customers and to compete properly. And th this, this means what they are saying to the customers, which is the uh, marketing, what they are doing to the customer, which is customer experience, and what they are selling to the customer, which are their products or services. Until this moment, it was just what they were selling and what they, they were uh, saying. 
because they they had most of them had unknown customers. They had customers which were coming and going to their uh, brick and mortar st stores. They got some customer loyalty cards and whatever some of them, but they haven't pro pro made an analysis over uh, the consumption and the behavior patterns and so on. And now as they have these channels as, uh, as well, the, the mix of channels, they will be aware about the customer behavior and they will need to, to uh, focus on what they are doing and how they are doing at which touch point. And that's why we are strong believers in the, in the fact that this shift is happening and customer value optimization is going to be a thing. And we're seeing this from the, the agencies, the let's say the fast moving agencies. And also uh, we are seeing this as uh, at large brands. Uh, we are, we are uh, working with a few large brands which are already pouring a lot of resources into orchestrating different paths to their customers according to these channels. And I think this is a sign that the fast moving agencies are going to be there. The, the innovating ones are going to get into this uh, uh, bandwagon as well to, to help their customers. Because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, if you are not helping your customer, if you're not providing outstanding and undeniable value, you can't exist neither as an agency, neither as a retailer, e-commerce, whatever company you're having. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. And I'd like to um, just pick up one thing that uh, you mentioned, uh, Giuliano, about going back to the basics in a lot of ways. And uh, many, many years ago, I actually started my working life uh, working as a chef. And one of the best pieces of advice I got really early on when I was in training was that the best chefs are the ones who take very basic ingredients, not many ingredients, and make them amazing for customers. And there's a lot of parallels between that and what we're talking about here in the sense that, uh, you know, the, there's the trend over the past five years and optimization has shifted from sales focused, uh, you know, acquisition focused, uh, you know, closely aligned with PPC advertising, search engine optimization, where the optimization space played in that world. But now it's going into another um, environment where, where, where brands are increasingly looking at optimizing every single part of that customer journey. Um, it doesn't matter now if it's an email um, or you know, a post-purchase uh, uh, journey. Those things are, the, uh, are where brands are focusing on more now. And uh, Valentin, you mentioned a really good point here about now we're seeing uh, larger enterprise brands think about digital channels in really serious ways. They're getting more budget, they're getting more, um, they get more attention. There's more skilled people moving into roles in enterprise companies, thinking about how they orchestrate these different channels to actually drive experiences for customers. So there's a number of things happening here. Optimization as a discipline has shifted towards a broader role um, within companies, but then you have more investment coming in uh, into those companies for uh, digital channels and orchestrating those. And so, I'd like to switch gears a little bit here and talk about uh, customer research. And one thing you just mentioned earlier, Juliana, about you know understanding buyer psychology and understanding consumer psychology. Yeah. And, and you've done a, a lot of content on this particular topic. I want to pick your brains and understand what, what does it look like to you, but how does it influence things like buying technology? For example, um, a, a customer data platform or um, their testing strategy. What, what does that look like? And how, how are you seeing the brands that are doing it well perform? 
cool. Uh, I think uh, I think right now that now that you're mentioned customer uh, data platform is just that we are seeing, uh, in my opinion, is a fatigue of customer data platforms. That's the reason why we didn't position as one because we already foreseen this happening. And um, I think right now the market uh, is uh, led to think that there's a a quantitative data problem where actually it was never a quantitative data problem. You always had first party data, you just didn't use it. And uh, I think alone data numbers, right? or metrics, uh, it cannot help you move the needle in any way because In this case, you would just use data to justify bad marketing decisions. So I think you need to go full circle and understand that you should focus on collecting qualitative data to enrich and create different customer profiles and enrich the way you understand your customer. So the customer research is something that's extremely important for a brand to actually have a perspective of what's really happening. So otherwise, it's just playing the guessing game and how you know people, the fancy you know term hypothesizing. So the biggest problem with conversion rate optimization was the hypothesis, right? That you would come with it based on your expertise. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. The secret of customer value optimization is that it closing that gap when it, uh, when it comes to guessing because it allows you to go deeper than the surface of why. And understanding the demand and uncovering the demand is how, you know, Bob uh, Moesta calls it. And it helps you... Um, understand why people are hiring your product. You know, like brands, I have this impression that consumers are perusing the internet looking for the product. And it's not like that. It's not like that. People are just looking to make progress. They're looking to, uh, you know, uh, to hire a product or a brand to solve a problem to, you know, that classic example of the hole on the wall, right? So when you understand this and when you do this customer research, you can understand what is the outcome that people are looking for when they buy your product. So knowing the outcome, you are better at positioning your brand and your products because you speak in those outcomes. You don't speak in a, in a product-centric way where you just uh, highlight features and, uh, I don't know, uh, um, uh, discounts and you know whatever you see right now on product pages. So the customer research is very important to understand the context, the trade-offs, and the outcome that people have when they are purchasing your products. And knowing those things and under you know understanding what happens, it's very important for how you can move further because you have to optimize every touch point of the customer journey, every way you communicate with them. Because in my opinion, at the end of the day, customer experience is your product. So in order to deliver that customer experience, you need that full circle of qualitative research and qualitative analysis to enrich the data that you have that you can get it from a CDP or whatever you are using, a CRM and whatnot. But yeah, without it, you are, you are screwed. <laughs> in a few words, you, you, you just need, you, you need it like, you need to create from something and you need to stop guessing and, uh, you know, probabilistic significance and all these crazy terms that people are using to define the fact that they don't know what they're, what they're doing. Right. <laughs> With the data. Yeah. That's my uh, two cents, but I'm sure Valentin has more to add because he's one of the most, uh, uh, I guess the biggest advocates of just jobs to be done. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, Bob's, uh, Bob's work and uh, Clayton Christians and they, they, they've actually shifted my, my perspective uh, uh, about marketing and uh, yeah, it, it was hard to chew at the beginning because uh, all the all my foundation was uh, being uh, let's let's say uh, uh, 
changed, you know, shifted. And uh, yeah, at, at the end of the day, we're, you need qualitative research and you need to interview your customers because even though you are interviewing only, I don't know, seven, 10, 15 customers, and these will turn out to be representative for thousands of, uh, or hundreds of thousands of uh, uh, customers because at the end they, they all buy uh, a, a product for pretty much the same uh, uh, reasons. And that reason is to, to make progress in, in their lives. And without qualitative research, you are simply playing the pricing game, the competition game. So you're, you're, you, you can't differentiate yourself and you're not helping your customers because it's not only about the product anymore. You can find the same product to 25 different vendors, the same brand or brands which are pretty much the same. But what is important is how you make help your customers to make progress in their lives. And that's why you need to wrap around the product some content, some services, some uh, some ways to show your customers that you actually care. Because in, in this experience economy, we can't just ship products anymore. It's such an interesting perspective on how to actually use data. You know, there's people in, in the design and the UX world that would think, you know, uh, user research is critically important. Whereas somebody who's working in a marketing role and digital role, perhaps not so much or in performance marketing space. They rely more heavily on the quantitative side of things, the actual numbers and crunching those numbers to find opportunities. But it's a, I think there's a lot more balance now in the industry where you're seeing both of these disciplines come together. And uh, what I get really excited about because uh, you highlighted before that uh, OmniConvert, they offer a product called Reveal, which is a, um, it is a CDP. It brings data from different sources together. It enriches that data. So you can go and activate it across channels. You can personalize experiences for customers. Um, and that sits within your testing platform as well. You see that applied to something like a CDP strategy or a, a data strategy. It really starts bringing things to life because now you're not just thinking about where's the opportunities, where can we get more yield out of customers or um, reduce reduce uh, churn, for example. You're also looking at things like, okay, if, if customers are browsing these types of pages, they're probably thinking about this. And we can go and confirm that by interviewing our customers. We can get surveys back. We can look at um, heat maps, for example, and, and we can get all this rich data that will help with our ideation and how do we actually go and approach solving some customer problems. And I think if you don't have both, you either, you either have, well, if you have one or the other, you either have no imagination to actually solve on those customer problems because you're not actually talking to customers. But then on the other half, um, you don't have some solid insights to give you the direction on where to actually look. So I think it's, it's quite interesting, uh, the view there. And, you know, we're thinking about the industry as a whole and how over the past 10 years, A-B testing has become more commoditized, you know, customer data platforms, there's plenty of them out there now. But also education, you know, good and bad education has become more widespread. Uh, this somehow has led to a really imbalanced focus in a lot of ways, uh, particularly around people that are new into the industry. Uh, and it's become this environment where there's a lot of vanity metric driven stuff. There's a lot of, you know, short termism, if you want to use that word, uh, where, you know, it's really in the e-commerce space, particularly it's, a, it's driven by a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of vanity metrics and performative metrics like revenue, which may not necessarily impact a business. 
So I'd love your view, like how's, how do you think that's happened given that uh, you've been in the industry for a good part of the decade and Juliana, I might throw to you for this question. How have you seen that play out? Um, what are the factors that has led to this environment where uh, people are thinking very short term about uh, the customer experience? I blame Amazon. <laughs> so <laughs> no, listen, I actually have a point for this. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm an avid fighter around vanity metrics, and I really think it's an e-commerce marketing echo chamber in the market, and it's a very big pool of uh, bad advice that taps into the mentality of uh, growth-generating factors such as revenue, right? So uh, revenue is perceived that as the silver bullet, and I think everyone is uh, just uh, manufacturing uh, things to complement the growth of revenue and the growth of these uh, marketing wins because they're easy justifiable. Like you can tweak and justify marketing wins very easily if you're a good marketer, right? Um, the profitability part though, it's very interesting. And I always wonder, like uh, I, I always ask myself uh, in the e-commerce, uh, you know, with e-commerce companies that work with different consultants and agencies that are preaching the growth of revenue and, uh, you know, whatnot. And uh, they're looking to, you know, they're showing and justifying this by, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess, growing revenues. What is the business part? Like, how are they running the business? What's the ROI and the profitability of that business? And again, the way, the reason, uh, and then I'll pass it to Valentin, the reason why I blame Amazon is because uh, Amazon, uh, people have a very wrong idea about it. So instead of copying the convenience and the safety and the, uh, you know, the habit forming that Amazon has and makes the customer feel safe and makes the customer stay and makes the customer, you know, purchase and, you know, be there in its convenience, right? The convenience that Amazon provides, they just copy the sales mentality where everything is should be short term and you just optimize for funnels and optimize for sales instead of optimizing, you know, for uh, retention and customer lifetime value. So if it's something that the brands, the direct-to-consumer brands have got it wrong is the way, uh, you know, things are, uh, you know, are actually working. So the short-term win thing is because, uh, again, uh, going back to the, you know, to the venture capital uh, uh, topic, people are looking for perceived value instead of the real value, because perceived value gives you the impression of growth, while actually it's just movement, it's not progress. And that's my two cents. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm a very avid uh, fighter of the e-commerce marketing echo chamber that we're experiencing right now. And Valentin, I know you have your, your thoughts with the, with, the, with the vanity metrics as well. <laughs> yeah, there are, uh, the, the problem with them is uh, that, that they simply are, are not actionable. So you look at uh, uh, zeros, but uh, you're not winning the game. So let's say you have some uh, more zeros, more points on this aspect, on that aspect, but the business, business is not thriving. And uh, as long as the company is uh, consciously having a, a valuation that takes into account the number of visitors on the website, that's fine. But it usually is not like this. So no, I don't know any VC which is going to evaluate a company based on uh, how many, uh, how big is the traffic. But uh, most of them are, are uh, evaluating the, the companies based on 
what is the growth rate, what is the CLV, how, what is the ratio between the CLV and CAC. So these are the aspects that matter for them because they are making money, right? We are in, uh, if they are uh, making this type of uh, valuation, that, uh, that's clear that they know something about it, about this game as well. Yeah, I find that uh, that this vanity metric driven mindset, I, I like what you said, uh, Juliana, about how uh, Amazon is to blame because, you know, Amazon is, I guess, a, a bit of a beacon for uh, e-commerce businesses, um, but it's also disrupting them at the same time. So there you go. When, you, when you're looking at the value of a business, you know, and that's what stakeholders really after, right? Like a chief marketing officer they're not just thinking about revenue. They're thinking about profitability. They're thinking about, um, you know, the cost of acquisition. They're thinking about um, metrics that perhaps the marketers that are day-to-day not working on, on the tools, um, buying the ads, running the campaigns, are not thinking about those metrics. I, I find that can be quite a disconnect between what the executives are thinking about and what their VCs and their investors are asking them for and what's actually being executed on the ground. I think there's a bit of a dissonance there um, in particularly with e-commerce as well, because it's such a fast moving industry. Uh, So what I do like about um, OmniConvert and it's quite a differentiator uh, when it comes to platforms um, in the market is the focus on training. And when we first met, uh, some of the first things we talked about I think it was a few months ago now was about how uh, you guys do a lot of education with your customers. It's not just um, a, a sales practice where, you know, you'd onboard the platform and then, and then off they go, the customer goes and tries to make sense of it. You do a lot of work partnering with them to train them in um, and what we're calling customer value optimization. How do you guys see that education in the space? How do you see it working out for OmniConvert? I know that you just launched a, a new course as well. Um, how do you guys see that? Like, what, what's the need for education in the um, in the optimization space, and how are you approaching it? Uh, we are we are doing this, uh, Juan, because we 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 can't do otherwise. So uh, the uh, we've we've looked at our previous product, which was only on the A/B testing and website personalization, and we've seen that the churn is so dramatic. After nine months, there were some. Uh, uh, it was a steep decline in the usage of the product. And it was that saying that uh, uh, a fool with a tool is still a fool. And the problem is that marketeers simply don't know what to do with their A-B testing and website personalization uh, tools. And that's why we are seeing uh, uh, this, uh, let's say, churn on, on a lot of platforms. So there are enthusiasts at the beginning, but as they don't level up their understanding and they don't learn about what they are doing, they will still, uh, they will end up giving up and uh, focusing on the email campaigns or on uh, changing the creatives of their ads and that's it. Uh, so we are doing this type of education because first of all, we are strong believers in, uh, in this credo that uh, we need to activate the potential of the market. So we can't just throw a, a tool over there and expect the, the companies to, to thrive and to, to get uh, to, let's say, add value and proper value with our tool because there are a lot of zombie customers. And we've seen at our previous uh, 
product that we we had companies that were simply paying the, the for the tool and they were not using it and we don't want this to happen again and that's why we are training our customers from the very beginning we are doing this concierge onboarding we are doing this type of uh, uh, audit uh, showing them what they need to do in the first uh, which are the the, the the first steps what their data is what the data is telling them and then we are having this uh, approach of doing matchmaking from with the from the customers like uh, end customers with agencies uh, that are uh, understanding the game that we're playing so nowadays we are working on this course together with other nine uh, nine instructors thought leaders in uh, in the space of uh, digital marketing biopsychology jobs to be done with bob moesta as well we are doing this so that we truly help companies to to thrive by uh, uh, by using this methodology around customer value optimization uh, because the the one that learns can't unlearn so the uh, imagine that uh, once you know how to ride the bicycle that's it you know how to ride the bicycle but uh, if we are a bicycle vendor what's the use of selling a, a bike which is now pink or red or has uh, thicker uh, uh, wheels what's the use of that i mean there are plenty of bikes on the market so we want to differentiate as being the ones that actually will help you ride a bike and enjoy the ride as well it's a it's a great analogy and it's a good one to remember i think because you're right uh if you if you actually invest in the education of the of the customer the end user of the product they're going to be far more successful in the long run um you know but then again there's there's other aspects to it things like um, their own creativity on using the tool you know I'm, I'm sure that you would see that some customers uh you know they get very creative and they push the product to the limits you know they become these super users and they actually become a source of learning and inspiration for your own product development. But then you have customers who just push it along and they use it. Um, they don't get the full potential out of it. And so, you know, every customer is different, I think, in terms of the roles and the resources available to them to use the product as well. Um, but I, I really like that, that analogy. And looking at how um, education has changed in the MarTech industry is quite interesting as well. Because it's been such a victim of uh, so much innovation and change and new platforms and new technologies constantly being released um, over this inc incredible uh, demand curve over the past 10 years, it means that formal education has really struggled to keep up. <laughs> so if you go to university, uh, particularly here in Australia, you go to university and you do work in IT, you, know, you wouldn't learn much about A-B testing as a discipline. You really wouldn't. There's no, nothing really out there. And so there's this void that's occurred where uh, vendors are trying to sell technology. Uh, it doesn't really work out for the brands because those marketers and those people in the company are not really uh, trained to use it properly. So then there's a cycle of reinvestment into education. And then you have uh, separate players that are doing education as a business altogether. But it is very piecemeal. It is very piecemeal. Who is the authority in, uh, in optimization, for example? Who is that? Um, I can't really tell you. Like I know there's some really great sources of education out there, but this, it's such a land grab at the moment because of this innovation for educating uh, the actual practitioners on the tools each day. So uh, I'd like to understand a little bit about how you guys see the future of optimization playing out. Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the shift uh, from an acquisition focused mindset and, you know, 
uh, using optimization for sales-driven processes, which is important, but now looking at optimizing the entire customer journey. Now, I want to ask the question, and it's a little bit, there's a bit of a conversation happening around on social media about this, is that, is the term CRO dead? You know, is it actually dead? You know, can we hold, host a funeral for CRO? Do you guys think CVO, customer value optimization, replaces it? And what are your thoughts on the future of the industry? Who wants to take this? You want to go first, Valentin? <laughs> no, 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 ladies first, please. Okay, so I mean, a lot of people are saying conversion rate optimization is dead. I don't think it's dead. I just think it's uh, evolving and uh, growing. I don't think that, uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, like I was talking to Ben uh, LaBey from CXL, well, Spiro, they call themselves Spiro now about this. And I just think it's like, uh, a pissing contest in the market in a buzzwords, uh, you know, uh, a fight, which doesn't really make sense because I think uh, conversion rate optimization right now, it's in the best space possible and can take benefits from all this amazing uh, technology and this amazing methodologies that's available to help do better personalization, to do better uh, tests and experiments and, you know, do less guessing and less hypothesis, right, based on, you know, assumptions. So I think conversion rate optimization is not that. I think it's very complementary to customer value optimization and maybe customer value optimization is just like a, a broader blanket that covers all these aspects of the, of the customer journey in, a, in one place because yeah i think it's needed but it shouldn't be the main focus of a of a company if they're looking to play the long-term game and if they're looking for sustainable growth that's my two cents on this what i think it's um, uh, it would be helpful to add in this conversation is how we've started to shift our attention from conversion rate optimization to customer value optimization juan we we were back in 2017, we had a customer that was uh, uh, using our platform to do A-B testing and they've reached a plateau. They've got something like uh, 400,000 uh, uh, customers in their database and uh, the UX was great. We were, uh, we were seeing some great uplifts on, uh, on their A-B testing until they couldn't see it anymore. And they were uh, doing this for two and a half years now. However, their, their problems as a company were more about uh, the competition. So they, they, they had a lot of competitors coming. It was, uh, it, it's a large uh, shoe retailer and they wanted to do uh, here in Central and Eastern Europe. And they, they've seen a lot of competitors coming from uh, Western Europe. And while we were uh, working closely with their e-commerce manager, we realized that they should be per doing personalization and the weather personalization, the traffic personalization, the traffic source, UTMs, were not working at all. So we've seen that in order to move the needle, we should be know, we should be realizing more about their customer behavior. And that's how we've applied the RFM segmentation that's how we've seen that they had a ton of customers churning and they were uh, uh, in danger, even though, even though you, they see the revenue uh, going up bit by bit. The, the problem of them, uh, uh, their problem was that their new passions, which are their highest potential customers, were not sticking around like they used to, do, to be. And that means uh, the, they needed to, to shift their positioning and to do something about it. So they've applied the RFM segmentation. It was like uh, 
expanding their horizon because they've suddenly knew what their customers were doing. Thanks to the RFM, recency, frequency, and monetary value, they've seen that their customers needed a different treatment. So you can't do this with, uh, let's say, shallow personalization like uh, third-party data. You should yeah. use your first-party data. You should use what you have as a relationship with your customer so that you are relevant at any touch point. You should be relevant when they go to your in, uh, in their in-store experience. You should be relevant if they have uh, your app. You should be relevant via email. You should be always relevant to the customer uh, based on what you already know about them. And once, as, as long as you don't change this uh, uh, relationship, thanks to the data that you already have, then you are screwed up. So mainly you, what you are doing is you are fine tuning the, uh, the surface without actually knowing who you have in front of you on your website. And that's why I think the CRO will evolve. And the agencies which are doing CRO and the professionals within this conversion rate optimization space will finally realize that all their skills, because they have a lot of skills, they, they are the, in the best position to improve the whole customer journey and to improve the customer lifetime value. They just need to shift their attention from improving the conversion rate, which I think is not the best metric to improve because you can improve the conversion rate, but you can have lower revenue per customer or you can have lower margin per customer. And that means the company is not thriving even though you are doing your job as a professional or as an agency. So down the line, what I think in the future is going to happen is that the agencies will shift and they will become more strategical. So CRO agencies will become more strategical. Some of them will end up providing the actual services of email marketing, of social media, of paid advertising and so on. But some of them will stick into this strategical role and they will work with the other agencies around the brand or with their intern with the internal teams of the companies while the companies the smarter companies will be in imagine in three four five years from now is going you're not going to see stupid uh, let's say hiccups of large companies like asos right they are selling shoes so my daughter is buying a pair of shoes from their website she's willing she's not getting them but she's being bombarded with ads their email emails are still saying the same thing upsell while she has a ticket to their customer support and she's waiting for a resolution for for that ticket that's a that's a major hip, hiccup and that's not going to happen in the future so that's going to be a hygiene part and now nowadays the companies are not having this hygiene because Again, they are talking like some schizoid uh, big companies. On one channel, they are saying something. On another channel, they are saying something else. But you are the same person with the same needs to that company. So you are expecting that at any touch point, they freaking know that they have a problem with you as a customer. It's a serious case of a multi-personal uh, personality disorder, I think, uh, Valentin, on that front is that you're right. The customer deals with one brand, one experience, and then they get uh, a whole bunch of competing messages uh, be purely because uh, that brand doesn't work with the data in a way that would make sure that that customer gets a consistent experience and what they're dealing with. And, uh, and uh, you know, okay, maybe CRO doesn't need a funeral just yet. Um, you know, we can avoid the wake for now, even though I like the snacks. Um, usually after those wakes. 
Um, but but I think it's a good good way to frame it. Uh, conversion rate optimization it almost follows a maturity curve. I think you know when I started optimization, you know I didn't start with that you know single customer view and uh, you know really orchestrating across channels. I really started testing button colors to be completely honest. And you know, conversion rate optimization is really tactical. It's really sort of front end, you know, making some big experience changes, copy changes, things like that. Um, to drive acquisition and um, sales, but but I think that there's a maturity curve there. You know, brands hit a ceiling, or they get they get more experienced and more confident with the ability to test. And there's a lot of value just in understanding how the mechanics of testing works and relying on things like statistical significance. So there's a real maturity curve, and as brands progress, they start looking at um, yeah, how they can leverage the data on their customer to create really great experiences to um, create this congruency across channels and, and then obviously meet customers' needs in specific ways powered by customer research, which we touched on earlier. And so uh, I would love to end it there because I think we've had a really um, inspiring chat uh, conversation about what's happening in the optimization space. And we've talked about education We've talked about how the industry has changed over time, how OmniConverted are working towards redefining the category towards customer value optimization and taking a broader view to empower um, their customers in the e-commerce industry more broadly uh, to actually make the most use out of their customer data uh, for the customer's benefit, but also for the brand. And so, so I'll throw it to uh, uh, both Valentina and, and Juliana. Where can we find you on the internet? I mean, you can find me. I'm paying uh, rent on LinkedIn, and you can uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at the CLV Lady and on Twitter. And basically, I'm everywhere. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's it's kind of hard not to find me on um uh, you know on the internet. I'm at the CLV Lady, and uh, yeah, just uh, reach out in case you want to chat about uh, customer value optimization or category design. And uh, if you add me on LinkedIn, just know I come with uh, no filters. So just, just I have to put a warning before people have to leave. A warning label. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Um, where can we find you, Valentin? Uh, I'm a LinkedIn uh, person as well. So you can find me uh, over there. So if you're inspired or if you've worked in this field, feel, uh, feel open to, uh, to reach out to me or Juliana as well. Right. And, uh, and our audience can also find you at omniconvert.com. Um, where you can see all the products as well. Um, and I recommend go checking it out and their blog as well. It's got some great resources um, in there from the industry. So Juliana and Valentin, thank you for joining me on the Making Sense of MarTech podcast. Thank you, thank you well. for having us. Thank you.